Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gutekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence. There are financial advisors and there are financial planners. They are not the same thing. Welcome back to Tell Your Boss I Quit and a deeper dive into the difference between the two titles. I'm Patrice Sikora, and I'm with the brains behind this podcast, Peter Gutekunst. Now, Peter, you have a lot of letters after your name, but what do all those designations mean? <laughs> yeah, it gets a little silly in our industry sometimes. You see an awful lot of alphabet soup after a person's name, but there is there is some significance there. And and uh, in my case, I, uh, I have a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner, CLU, Chartered Life Underwriter, CRPS, uh, which is uh, Chartered uh, Retirement Plan Specialist. Uh, some others you may see are CHFC, CFA, even a CPA. And uh, what, quite frankly, the, 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 the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner, I think is really the standard in financial planning. You're... you're uh, bound by and 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 uh, make a commitment to the CFP board as far as a process. Uh, there is a defined financial planning process, ethical standards, uh, and so that's why I would say the CFP is somewhere the gold standard. Compare that to like a CFA, which is is probably the the other more highly sought after or or regarded designation. That takes a really deep dive into the investments, but not really so much a broader planning. Um, so when it comes to planning, CFP is sort of the, the standard there. But I would say all of that means is that that's a person who's made a commitment to education, uh, to a commitment to uh, of professionalism, a professional commitment to ethics, and and uh, and continuing education because you don't just take a test and earn that. In particular, with the CFP, you don't take that and earn that designation. You have to continue continually educate yourself to maintain it. So. That's what all of those things mean. And if you're doing enough CE, you probably add a few more letters after your name. So that's why there are so many. But you know, I'd say CFP when it comes to planning is the, is the standard. How long does it take to, prepar- uh, to prepare yourself for the CFP? Well, interestingly, that you ask, my associate here, Brian, in the office is uh, studying for his uh, CFP comprehensive exam. Uh, next week, he will take it. And uh, I think I, I had mentioned to you in a conversation before that he's a Temple University grad and mm-hmm. and his prerequisite courses uh, put, prepared him for that exam. So he's been doing a little bit over the last many months now, but he's really been asking for time at the end of the day and spending his weekends preparing over the last, uh, I'd say, greater than the last month. When I took my exam, uh, doing all the, the courses that I took, took a, a couple of years uh, after I started in the financial services industry. And, and uh, you know, same thing. I spent a, a couple of months uh, just preparing, and then I took a week off from, from work and just got ready for that comprehensive and took that two-day exam and got it done. And where those where those uh, that that those marks proudly ever since. <laughs> Very good. How many? Uh, what kind of percentage of people pass it on the first time? 
I think that their goal is to, it should be around, uh, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50%. I, I, I shouldn't say that. And with certainty, I'm honestly not sure any longer, but it's, uh, it's the kind of thing where a lot of nothing against accountants, but accountants feel I've got a pretty good background. I could probably just go in and kind of pass the CFP and I would, uh, the CFP comprehensive exam. And I would really say it's geared for, you really have to have rolled up your sleeve. Like I said, the CFA goes deep. I would say the CFP doesn't go as deep, but it goes very wide and covers a lot of territory. And you can't just sort of be good at something in financial world and think you're going you're gonna to do well on the CFP exam. You really have to know your stuff. All right. So you, you say there's a CFP and then there's the CFA mm-hmm. and uh, the CFP, the planner, the A, the advisor, mm-hmm. and they have different specialties, different areas. One is broader, one is deeper. Mm-hmm. Why, why does it matter to the client? It matters a great deal, I think. Um, and I think that goes into, you know, that, that the title or a position of somebody is, first of all, if you are calling yourself a planner, you really should be a CFP or maybe a CHFC, a chartered financial consultant. That demonstrates that you've taken that time to educate yourself to that broad manner. And uh, and the reason it matters is that it demonstrates a level of expertise. And, and also, I would say more importantly to the client is the process that you would expect to go through. And so a person who is a financial advisor, let's say, that's going to be They've got their licenses. They've pretty much checked the box to be in this profession, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And that if they've been doing it for a long time, perhaps they're, they might call themselves a wealth advisor because they can talk about a lot of different things. But I would say that those are more product driven. They can talk about products. So I'd say that's more of a sales process. And when you start to talk to a planner and what a planner does and what planning is. And that's why I think that, that, you know, a financial planner, why that matters to a client is you're going to go a little deeper. You're going to have conversations about what really matters to you. And you're going to have a conversation about uh, how you, what your choices are around that. And so that's really, I think the, the key distinction there is your agenda isn't to walk into a product. You are really having a conversation and a discussion about what matters most to you and then figuring out what are the best ways to, to, uh, to consider that. Tell me more about that planning process. What does somebody need to know as they're going into it? Well, I think uh, it is, think of it this way is, have you ever had, have you ever known someone who had needed some medical advice and it might've been something that led them to talk to a surgeon? And when you talk to a surgeon, you're likely to get a recommendation that requires surgery. Right, right. And and that doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, That's just the focus of of the surgeon. And so uh, what, what a person would expect from a financial planner is that you're really talking to somebody who is not just your, your family practitioner, your general practitioner. I would say it goes deeper than that. But there's someone who is going to have the conversation about what your situation is. They're going to be able to diagnose you, and then they're going to be able to discuss with you what those options are. And so maybe surgery is one of those options. And then you're really going to be able to have a conversation around why one option makes more sense or not. The surgeon is going to basically be risk reward. 
and it's worth the risk. And so that's really what a financial planner is going to do in that, in that process is that they're going to discuss with you why that's a good idea. And in some cases, they're going to be qualified to perform some surgeries if that's necessary. But if it has to go deeper than that, they're going to have the expertise to help you identify the right procedure and the best person to provide that, that procedure. So they're going to walk, walk that whole process through with you. And that's really what I think one would expect from, from their financial planner. I think it really you know, there's a lot more to it than that, but that I think is a good imagery for, for someone who's, who's looking to work with a planner. That's a great analogy. Absolutely great. Which brings up the question, someone comes into the financial planning process about how long does it take before they can walk away with a solid plan? I guess that's a, a question that I would say it depends and it depends on who they're working with. And and how they go about it. I think when you're walking, when you're working with a planner, as I said, I really think it comes down to a lot of conversation. And you would expect that you're. I think when you sit down, you should expect to do more than half, or, or maybe most of the talking. You should be prepared to answer a lot of questions and be able to talk about what matters most to you. And that process, you know, for some it'll come more easily than to others. And one of the things I find is that in some cases. Some planners may want to try to get everything done or to try to capture everything all at once. And that can be a very, very lengthy process or some pretty long meetings. And it's hard to, to really kind of to, to dive into it that yeah. way. So that's why I say it depends. I would say what we find is uh, I think we've used something called My Financial Bridge, which is really just an imagery of the conversations I think you should be having over an entire lifetime. And so it, it's, it serves as an agenda there to make sure that you're making those stops along the way with your plan and keeping that in context. But really, that maybe that's a conversation that unfolds over, you know, over years, and you're really doing things a little bit at a time. And I think that that's a more effective way to implement planning. So in, in, in that way of answering it could be smaller bites, but over a much longer relationship period of time. Right. Do you think everyone needs a financial planner? I guess I would sound like the surgeon if I said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some people who are starting out younger or my, many times people just think, I just want one little piece of information. I, I want to know how to invest or an allocation of my 401k or what's the right amount of life insurance that I should have. Uh, they might want to talk about their wills and trusts and really get an understanding of, of those different roles of executor and power of attorney and things like that. And that's a really specific conversation. So in that regard, you, you could say that, that they don't need planning. They just need to sit down with someone who has the expertise to have that, have that discussion. What I would say, I would advocate that even that younger person, if they're dealing from a planning process they're really starting to form good habits and they're going to be able to do things that are going to serve them well over time. So while they might just want a quick answer on a specific topic, planning is going to help them form good, good uh, habits. What I find when I meet with people later in life, though, is that they have things all over the place. And it's really when things are, are not that well organized You've, you're trying to kind of put it all put it all together, and that's really where I think that's why I would say yes to that question: is do people need a planner? Is in the absence of planning, 
eventually things are going to you know be dis, disor- dis, disjointed and disorganized and harder to kind of pull together. And you will have wished you were planning all along. <laughs> How can someone look for a planner? I mean, do you mind if someone says, I'd like to sit down with you just to talk and, and see if we mesh? I think that's really the best way. I think that is how you should interview a, a financial planner. Uh, most of our uh, most of our new clients come through referrals, and someone said, "Hey, well, I work with Pete, or I work with Good Financial Services, and uh, you know, I, I I think you should work with them." And so we'll have that conversation with people, and and many times uh, they just want something; they want a quick answer over the phone, and 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 that's okay. You know, we can figure out where that goes, but that's usually the case. Is you just want to have a conversation. And typically what I find that comes out of that is not so much how do I invest or, uh, you know, you know, what, what, you know, what product should I have or anything like that? We start to talk about what they want their life to look like now and in the future and, and what retirement will look like and those types of things. And when we really start to have that conversation, that's when I think we, that we find that we're a good mesh to, to fit with someone because all of those other, I'll call them product conversations now have a context to your plan. And that's really the value of working with a planner. And I think that's really the, the value that, the, that, that we deliver. How do you talk to a younger client? You just mentioned, you know, how do you see your retirement? Well, a younger client may not be seeing retirement yet. How do you bring them along? For, for us, it's, it's a lot to do with, with cash flow. And, and what I mean by that simply is what are you spending to support your lifestyle? So even that younger person has a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have to pay a mortgage or they have to pay rent. They're putting food on the table. They're going out with friends and they're buying a new car. Their life has a, has a price and has a cost. And so that's a conversation that I think we can have even with the younger person. And so to say, if you didn't have a paycheck right now, what would it take for you to have that cash flow or that income coming in? And so that's a conversation we can have now with a person that they can understand why they're going to need a sum of money in the future and, and what that might look like. And, and to me, that just, like I said earlier, that builds those good, those good habits. That's right. That's right. All right. So what should people be doing now, whether or not they have a planner, they're looking to the future, they should be looking to the future. What should they be doing? First and foremost, I think they should try to get organized and do their best to stay organized because <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say that you say, what should people be doing now when they come to us? That's usually one of the biggest problems is we start asking questions and we'll hear things like, I know I should know this or, you know, and, and, and so th- there, there are pieces of information that are important. So when you sit down with, with a planner, you're going to want to have your account statements and your mortgage statement and your tax return and those different documents. And they're, they are important. And so having that organized and then being able to really talk about what your goals are. So I'd say being organized is important, or at least knowing where you can put your hands on things because a good planner will help you become organized if you're not. Um, but then I think that the other thing a person should be doing is having those conversations with people who are important in their lives. And if you think you're going to retire to Florida, 
the people who you think are going with you to Florida, you better have had that conversation and think, yeah, this is really what, what we want. Sometimes we'll have a husband and wife come into the, to the office for the first time and we'll start talking about goals. And it's maybe the first time they've really said some of these things out loud. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that's what you wanted to do. Oh, I, I don't want to go there. And, uh, and well, I was just throwing things out there. So, so that it, it gets the conversation, it gets the conversation going. So I would say that's also very important is to have those, what I call what matters most conversations with those important people in your lives. And frankly, that's really the, the, the core value of planning is we help to instigate and, and uh, you know, ask open-ended questions to get those conversations going because that's, that's how you make good financial decisions is by putting it into that context of purpose uh, rather than just doing a questionnaire. Your 401k gets dropped in your lap, you do a questionnaire and you check a box and you're invested. That's not going to serve you in, in the long run. And that's really what planning helps do is, is put things in context so you make wise decisions that are best for you and your situation. How have you as a planner learned the right questions to ask? Well, certainly a lot of that comes from just experience. You've asked, the, you've asked those questions. Uh, and what, what we find is is we've worked with so many people as they go through retirement that we've seen what's going to happen. And so we'll, we are talking to people today and having a conversation or, or they're bringing up issues that are important to them right now. And I know where those things are going. And so I can ask questions that trigger that thought a little while. Well, I hadn't really thought that far ahead, or I hadn't really thought about how that was going to affect our circumstances now. So a lot of that comes from experience. Uh, I shared with you that there's a lot of continuing education to keep those letters after your name. Right. And so that's another thing too, is that we work primarily with people who are looking to see what life is going to be like after the paycheck ends, after they tell their boss, they want to quit, how are they going to live their lives? And so we really focus our education in some of those key areas that are important to that point of life. And, and so that's where we've learned a lot of that too, is, is that, you know, just in our continuing education and our uh, getting out and talking to people. And, and you can imagine when I go out and tell people what I do, I'll meet people who are retired and done. They'll tell me a story of something that happened to them. And that's valuable to share with others uh, in, a, in a way that gets them thinking about their own situation and, and asking those questions. Is there anything we haven't mentioned here, Peter, that you want to touch on? I think, uh, I think when it comes to, to working with a planner and thinking about financial planning, uh, I think that the financial services industry is more product driven. And it's, it's, a, it's an industry that that's where their revenue comes from, is they, they have to put something in place to generate that revenue. And so when you're working with a, with a financial planner, uh, they've made a commitment to work as a fiduciary, which puts your interests first. And that sounds so simplistic. Well, of course, I'm going to work with an advisor that puts my interests first. But I think they've made a, a commitment to, to their profession, to the CFP board, if they're a CFP. And that's I think, is, is very, very important when you're working with a planner, because whether it's a financial advisor, a planner, a wealth advisor, uh, there, there's going to be a conflict of interest in there. And so you have to be able to understand, you know, how those people operate and a planner is going to work at that, at that highest level 
and that highest standard in, in, in your uh, best care. So I think you really want to have the conversation about the process and that person should be able to communicate their process to you, uh, whether it's with a book, like tell your boss I quit or, and if it's just a, a bullet point or something like that, but they should have some kind of a process, uh, you know, to go through. So you feel this is going to be helpful to you. How can people reach you, Peter? Well, we're, we're on goodfinancial.com is our website and you can, uh, you can sign, you know, put it right in there on our calendar and, and have that first initial conversation like you had asked and people just ask questions and get to know if there's a good fit. Uh, I shared that we have our book, uh, tell your boss, I quit uh, book.com. And, and that gives you a good place to just read and, and start to think about some of the things that we've discussed today and, and start doing some planning on your own and, and preparation there. But certainly if you reach out to goodfinancial.com and get on our calendar, we're happy to have a phone call and just start a conversation. Outstanding. And that is Peter Gudekunst, the host of this show, Tell Your Boss I Quit, and as he's mentioned, the author of the book by the same name. Follow this podcast and you will know when a new one is ready and waiting for you. And impress your friends, you might even help them, by sharing with them. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc., Goot Financial Services is not a broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.